stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Today's December 6th, I'm sure for most of you, uh, five days ago was uh, payday. But imagine a situation where you don't know what the next payday is going to bring. You don't know how much is going to be there. You don't know what's going to be on that paycheck. Maybe it's going to be less than it should. Maybe it's going to be more than it should, which is problematic in its own way. Now, can you imagine this as an ongoing situation, not just after a few paychecks, not just after a few months, but month after month after month, stretching into year after year, be untenable. And for most businesses, look, you'd have a big problem. You take it to HR, and hopefully they'd get it straightened up pretty quick. The problem for federal government workers as a result of the disastrous Phoenix pay system is that this has been going on for a long time and will still be going on for a long time to come. There's no end in sight, and I can't imagine what that's like for people. They didn't create this mess. Uh, These are hardworking public servants who are going to work every day doing the job they've been asked to do. Uh, And certainly we need public servants to keep the government functioning. People might have differing opinions on how large that workforce should be. But we need government employees to keep the government functioning. Uh, And so they're the ones trapped in this nightmare. The Auditor General recently, of course, came out with a scathing report of the Phoenix Pay system. And look, politically, folks, there's blame to go around. In terms of the current government, the previous government, uh, we can point fingers in all directions here. The bottom line is a system that was supposed to make paying these civil servants more efficient turned into anything but. system that was supposed to cost a few million dollars is going to cost instead hundreds of millions, probably even into the billions. So, yeah, we're going to have to pour a lot more money into fixing this, and it's not going to be fixed anytime soon. So I wanted to share with you just one individual's experience. I think this is representative of so many others trapped in this situation of what's happened as a result of problems in this pay system. Uh, Sebastian uh, Critchley joins us on on the line from Edmonton, uh, works for the federal government. Uh, Sebastian, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, How long have you worked uh, for the federal government? Uh, This coming January will be four years. Four years. And when did the Phoenix pay system come into effect? My understanding is it rolled out in February of 2016 for some departments. Uh, my department rolled onto it in April of 2016. Okay. And did you notice problems right away? I did because I took some medical leave in April uh, through to June. And that was supposed to be leave without pay. But I kept getting paid. Oh, so, I mean, normally, I sent my manager an email the day of that first pay, and I said, hey, normally it would be great that I got a paycheck, but I don't think I'm supposed to in this case. I'll have an overpayment when I come back, just letting you know, and we'll deal with it when I come back. Right. And that was fine. So I came back in June, and I tried working with my manager to resolve it. I then went on leave again in July, again, unpaid leave, I hadn't resolved the first overpayment, and they continued paying me through July as well. When I came back at the beginning of August, I identified now I have a fairly substantial overpayment, and I'm going on maternity leave in December. I'd really like to get this 
fixed before I go on maternity leave. Right. So can we start, you know, can somebody identify to me exactly what the amount is? I think it's approximately this. And can we start a recovery? By October, I was still saying, hey, guys, can we please start a recovery? Can we recover 50% of my paycheck? That way I can have it done by the time I go on leave. And finally, I had to say, nobody will get back to me. Whenever somebody does, they're quoting me different amounts. I was quoted anywhere from 7500 to 22000 Um And nobody would arrange a recovery except for twice when I simply didn't get a paycheck. And they said, oh, well, we applied that to your overpayment. Well, that, that's great if I know. But when that happens on your last paycheck of the month and you're expecting to pay bills on the first, it certainly leaves you scrambling. Yeah, no kidding. So at this point, I'm still trying to get an answer as to what my overpayment is. Um, it continued into this year while I was on maternity leave. I suddenly got a, a lump sum payment where they said they were paying me out $15,000 that I could turn around and pay back to them to resolve some of this overpayment issue. Of the 15000 they sent me 6800 and said, but that's 15000 We sent the rest of it to CRA. It'll come out in the wash. And I'm sitting here saying, you sent me 6800 I'll give you back 6800 right. If you sent the rest of it to CRA, you get it back from them. Yeah. Well, no kidding. So, look, I mean, and, and so this is on you, I guess, to keep track of what you're getting uh, that you shouldn't be getting, realizing that, yeah, you know, you're not supposed to get this. You'll pay it back. But to try to keep track of how much it is, how, how difficult well, has that been? It has been extremely difficult. Now, I've worked in jobs before where payroll was an issue. So I've always grown up, I check every pay stub when it comes out. I check it against my hours. I check it against my rate of pay. I check my deductions. I've, I've just grown up doing this. I've had to. But there are people I know that I work with, for example, who changed jobs around the time that Phoenix came in, who the, the new job they went into was going to pay higher. So they went a month or more and then suddenly found out that, oh, we, we're paying you for both jobs. You know, I, I, I at least, I've been consistent in one job and I've always kept track of my income. Right. So I have a rough idea. But, you know, for people in a situation like that, who suddenly get told, oh, you have this overpayment and here's why. It's hard. Okay, so my understanding then, last month, you were given a different number, a much larger number as to what you yes. owe. <laughs> yes, I was arguing about my, my T4 with my compensation advisor. I've been arguing about it for a year. Um, I should have earned roughly 35000 last year, taking all my leave and so on into account. They gave me a T4 for 20000 and I've been saying all along, like, this this is not right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I should be paying more in taxes. I should be paying more in CPP and EI and in everything like that. You know, this is not right. And so finally, the compensation advisor said, well, I've done up this spreadsheet based on your pay stubs. 
And so it shows why, you know, this 20000 is right. We show we paid you $65,000 and, you know, there's this $45,000 or $43,000 overpayment. And I just froze. I, I, I choked. And I went, at this point, this is ridiculous. You know, you're, you're telling me I've been overpaid $43,000. I didn't earn $43,000 last right. year. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, essentially then you figure it was more like $35,000. My earnings last year should have, been roughly, yeah. should have been roughly 35000 And when he got back to me and said, well, if everything had been paid correctly, this is what your T4 would be, I looked at it and I went, yeah, that's within about $100 of my calculation. I, I can go with that. Mm-hmm. I understand, you know, I may be off by a few dollars, but $100, yeah, I can live with that as a difference. So I said, great, you know, you, you agree, this is what it should be. Let's make it so. And I got told, well, it's it's too late to fix it for 2016. So what does that mean? Um, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, how many companies out there send amended T4s three, four, five years down the road? How often does CRA end up auditing people and saying this is incorrect from seven years ago? Right. Don't tell me it's too late to fix this for 2016. Yeah. So I raised to think about that. And I'm now told that they're bringing in a procedure to fix that. They don't know when they'll have it in place. They don't know what the procedure will be. As a result, don't count on the figures that my compensation advisor has given me because they may change when they bring this procedure in. And I'm still sitting here going, it's a year and a half out, and I'm trying to give you back money. I've spent two to 300 hours of my own time trying to give you back money. It's unreal. So as you've been dealing with all of this uh, for well over a year now, and then we see the Auditor General's report and what he found and what he had to say about just how problematic this whole Phoenix pay system has been. What was your reaction to that? My reaction is somewhat mixed. Um, just because another country has had difficulties with their system doesn't mean we should assume that we're going to have difficulties with ours. It's certainly something to keep in mind. But at the same time, At the beginning of 2015, Service Canada rolled out a brand new payment system for Canada Pension Plan, which obviously impacted every pensioner in Canada. And it rolled out without a hitch. It was beautiful. So that that tells me it could be done. And if it was done that well the first time, I really had no reason to think that it was going to be any different this time around. Um, I have a lot of faith in our government. I I believe in what they do. I don't think there are people out there saying, oh, how how can we mess up our employees? I think there are a lot of people out there pulling their hair out at the roots going, how can we fix this? How can we make this better? Mm -hmm. Um, When I spoke with somebody previously, I sort of said, if you think of the original pay system, almost like a sinking ship, we had largely outgrown that system. It was not going to do what we needed to do. We needed a new system. So we brought one in. 
we had every reason to believe that it was going to work. Now, even when tests and so on were done and indicated that there might be some difficulties, we still had every reason. I mean, are we better off staying on the ship that we know is sinking or jumping onto the new ship, which may or may not take on water? I, I think it was a good decision to, to go ahead and, and to work with it. Um, but we do have an issue now, and it needs to be addressed. And my personal opinion, we need to stop, you know, the conservatives need to stop blaming the liberals. The liberals need to stop blaming the conservatives. And as a whole, the government as a whole needs to say, we have a problem, let's fix it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound as though this is going to be fixed anytime soon. Um, so what does it mean for you, anyway, in the, uh, in the coming months? Is, is this going to end anytime for me, soon? It's, I'm seeing at least three years out for yeah. me. Because, of course, I was, my T4 was lower last year, which means the child tax benefit that I'm getting this year is higher than it should be. So when this gets reassessed, I will owe money back for the child tax benefit. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to happen in the next payment cycle, which is from July to June. Then my T4 is going to be messed up again this year because of that $15,000 overpayment in the middle of the year, which means my my 2017 taxes will still be affecting the payments that I get in 2019, possibly into 2020. So I'm looking at at least two to three years out. Um, we, I had to pay to get my taxes done this year because of the mess. And they say they'll reimburse up to $200 for taxes. But because my taxes impact my husband's, we had to get his professionally done too. His involve a trust. We paid $1,200 for taxes this year, and we're going to have to pay for a reassessment when the T4 is fixed. Yeah. So at this point, I'm out of pocket $1,000 because of the Phoenix situation. Well, and then, I mean, you talk about everything you've been dealing with in your own life, uh, maternity leave and, of course, medical leave before that. To, to have to deal with all of this on top of that, what kind of a toll does that take? Well, one of the biggest difficulties I faced, I went on maternity leave in November. My baby was due end of January. My baby showed up end of November. I spent three and a half weeks in the neonatal intensive care unit. And most of that time, I spent trying to track down my record of employment. Because that, of course, is part of a payroll function as well. And at that point, I was being told it can be up to 20 weeks. And I'm, I'm at the hospital and I'm going, I can't go five months with no income. The, the federal government couldn't pay the top-up until I was getting EI. EI couldn't do anything until I had a record of employment. So rather than giving my newborn baby the attention he needed, I'm standing in the hallways of the hospital calling the pay center, going, I need this record of employment. I need this record of employment. I don't want to think how many other people have been affected that way, too. Yeah. 
Well, there's quite a few by the sounds of it. Uh, Sebastian, I hope this works out for you and, and everyone else, but uh, certainly appreciate you sharing your story with us here today. Well, I appreciate you including me. All the best to you. One, one thing I will say is from the human side, the care and support of the team leaders, the managers, everybody like that has been phenomenal. And I think this has helped to bring us all together as a stronger team. But it's not, not the way you want to see it happen. No kidding. Sebastian, take care. All the best to you. Thank you very much. Thanks again. All right. So that's Sebastian Critchley uh, up in Edmonton works uh, for the federal government. And so that's just kind of a, a snapshot of what these problems in the Phoenix Pay systems meant. So it's just it's an ongoing nightmare. So in cases where she was being overpaid and she knew she was being overpaid and was telling them to, to address that keeping track of all of this, knowing that she would and that she should pay it back. Uh, And then to have it turn around and be the other way, that she was being underpaid. And that as a result, she was not paying the taxes, was not paying the CPP that she should have been paying and knowing that that would come back to haunt her. So it's been a constant struggle to, to get this sorted out. And so, no, she's not been pocketing the overpayment or happy to accept the overpayment. But then it gets to the point where now they're telling her that she's been overpaid for a single year $43,000. Not that that's what she was paid. That's the amount that she was overpaid. She only made $35,000 in total for the entire year. So if she was overpaid, essentially that was mean that she was working for free and paid $10,000 for the privilege, and now she owes them $43,000. It makes no sense at all. And on and on it goes. So that, that's the reality of what these problems have meant. So what would you do in response to this? I mean, I mean, I guess you could just quit and walk away from it all. But still, I mean, that's your job. That's your livelihood. Why should you walk away from it just because uh, the powers that be can't put in a pay system that works? Someone else suggested a class action lawsuit. Sure, I guess you could get some people together. Maybe that will happen at some point. But on top of what you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, are you going to take that on too and the cost involved in, in that? There's no easy answers here. And so I, you know, I think we should have some sympathy because they didn't ask for this. 974-8255. Want to get your thoughts when we return. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.